0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God, amen. We're talking about the glory of the Lord, and this is... um... Lesson number four, and if you weren't here with us on Sunday, then you missed uh, lesson number three. But you could pick up the notes out there or a CD, and find out some things. But just a really quick review uh, in Second Chronicles chapter seven and the first three verses. Notice this: when Solomon had made an end of praying, now notice this: the fire came down from heaven, and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. So notice the fire, and notice the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Notice, notice a pattern here. The sacrifice, the fire, and then the glory. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, see, they saw it. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So we see here a manifestation of the glory of God that was so powerful that they couldn't even stand up in the house of the Lord or the temple. So there is a dimension of the glory of God that is so manifested among the people of God that, once again, they may not be able to stand up. But also it's in that realm of glory that there are signs, wonders, miracles, even creative miracles take place when the glory is ushered in to where the people of God are. And that's why we're talking about this because we want to have... And experience a greater dimension of the glory of God every time we gather together. It's also true that in that glory, praise God. He can give us directives. He can give us words to proclaim, declare, and speak out. That by faith, mixed with the glory, causes signs, wonders, and miracles to take place. And that's what we long for. Amen? All right. And then secondly, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now that was in the Temple of Solomon. Which was a type of... Okay, the temple that God has provided today. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This is the sacrifice that they made to obey the commandment of the Lord, to be there in that place and surrendering their hearts and lives to Him and sacrificing the position that they had in Judaism and also their religious ideas and thoughts. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. Fire sat upon each of them and they saw that. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So notice you see the same pattern here. Now we have the same sacrifice that they are making to be in the place where God wants him to be They could have been doing other things, other places, but they sacrificed to be where God wanted them to be. And fire came down from heaven, cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled, filled with the Holy Ghost, with Holy Ghost power. And we said that this glory in that experience is a powerful thing within. It empowered them to do what? Witness for Jesus as they lived upon the earth. It also was glory that transformed We're transformed from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the living God. So this manifestation of glory transforms people's lives. And then also, we said that destroys the anointing, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. So if the work of the enemy is being wrought or being done in people's lives, that presence, that glorious power of the living God can bring deliverance and wholeness and destroy the work of the enemy. Now, Jesus technically and legally destroyed the work of the enemy, But we want that to be a reality. And as we get place of the glory of God. Manifesting itself among us. It will destroy the work of the enemy. In a person's life individually. uh, In many different ways. And then also physically. As well as emotionally. And so we went on to say that it flows then out from us. He says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Which reveals to us what? There's not just one dimension. Remember Uh, In Ezekiel, it talks about how the water can be ankle deep, knee deep, and then waist deep, and then you're swimming in it. So there are levels and degrees of the manifest presence of the living God. And we want that increased by degree and measure. Why? Because that's where all the wonderful, glorious things of God take place in human lives upon the earth. In changing us, delivering us, healing us, setting us free, helping us with creative miracles, etc., etc., etc. Once again, now to continue our study, look at the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Now notice, this is a holy flame. This is a holy fire. It's not something that you started with a match or flicking a bick. It is a holy flame that fell from heaven, like in the days of Elijah the prophet, that burned up the sacrifice. But they were instructed, they were responsible to keep that fire burning in the house of God by offering sacrifices, keeping the fire burning, which kept the glory in the house. You might say, what does that have to do with us? Well, I'm glad you asked. 1 Peter chapter 2 will tell us and help us along that line. Verse 5 and also verse 9. You also as lively or living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Individually and collectively, we are a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood, a kingdom of priests before God. And we have responsibility too. But let's read verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests. You see, today... We are the priests of the Most High God. And every one of us has a responsibility to do what? Offer sacrifices, keep the fire burning, so the glory remains in the house. So if you want glory in your house, I'm talking about your temple The temple that you are. The house of God. You are the house of God. You are the temple. And then collectively this assembly of believers creates a habitation for God. We all become the temple of the living God. If we want glory to rest upon this place. And I mean the manifested presence of God. The glory of God. That sometimes can be visibly seen. Then we too must offer sacrifices. So the fire can still fall. Continue to fall. Which will burn up the chaff. The refiner's fire. And give place to the greater glory of God. You know, that's what church should be all about. We come tonight, we want to see God show up. Amen? We want to see God show up. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But to give us a better understanding of how we can offer up these sacrifices, we're going to look once again to the Old Testament. We're going to look at the five different sacrifices or the offerings that they had to offer up. We're going to show how they were fulfilled in Jesus and then what it means to us. Our responsibility to do our part if we want to have the greater glory among us. And so, let's look at the five different... uh, Now, this is in Leviticus. We're not going to read seven chapters. Okay, that's where you can find it. You can read it for yourself on your own. But number one is the sin offering. Offering number one, the sin offering. An offering was mandated. It was a mandatory offering. It had to be made for the people so they could have... Their sins dealt with by the grace of God, by the power of God. And, of course, they were to offer up a sacrificial animal according to the law of Moses and the design of God so their sins could be covered up from year to year. If it was the atonement, then the high priest went in with the bull and offered up the bull. Is it the blood for the bull for himself? The blood of the bull for himself. Then you had the two goats. One was a scapegoat. The other one, they, uh, they sacrificed and took the blood for the people. And one went off into the wilderness. But the point I'm making is it was a sin offering. It was mandatory. It had to be done. Otherwise, you had no peace with God whatsoever. And your sins were not covered at all. The second one you'll find is the trespass offering. Now, this isn't in order. I'm putting him in this order for a reason. The trespass offering also is a mandatory offering offering. And this was an offering or a sacrifice that was made for someone let's say who committed an infraction against the law of God or the law of Moses, which is the law of God. And so if they committed an infraction, it was their responsibility. Can you imagine doing this when you when you commit an infraction you got to get yourself an animal, take it to the priest, slay the animal, take the blood, etc., 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 and follow explicitly the rules that God laid down for them to see to it that the sacrifice was accepted and once again your sin was dealt with. Aren't you glad you live today and not back then? Then you've got the third offering, which is the burnt offering. Now notice we go from mandatory to voluntary. This is a voluntary offering that a person makes, that they had to make on their own. And what it meant was, I'm completely surrendering my will to do the will of God. This is the sacrifice I'm making in my life to do the will of God. Notice it is voluntary. Why is that important that it's voluntary? Because what it does, it shows the people that really want to know more of God. And want to experience more of God. They have a hard hunger, a passion, a thirst, a desire for the things of God. For a greater, let's say, reality with God in their lives. And so, if it's not mandatory, it doesn't mean I can't do it. It's voluntary. So, I'm going to volunteer. Okay? Off this offering or this sacrifice unto the Lord. Because why? I want to know Him better. I want to show him. I want to prove to him that I'm submitting to his will and not my will. Okay, the next one also is a voluntary offering. It's called the mill or the grain offering. And this mill or grain offering, they had to take the grain. They had to crush it. They, they would make a cake. They would make a, a wafer, a, a loaf of bread or whatever. And they had to go through the ritual exactly the way God said. We're not going to get into all the details of that. But I'm just showing you the five offerings. But they had to do this. It was if, the, if it was voluntary, if they wanted to, present it to the Lord and just let them know once again. I'm surrendering all to you. I want to know you better. We sing the song, I want to know you more. And so I am proving to you that I want to know you more by giving up myself to you voluntarily, making a free will offering from my heart. Now, in the book of Exodus, notice what it says here in these two verses that I pulled out. To help us better understand what it means to make a free will offering. It is something that really is spiritual. comes from the heart. And they came everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. Then look at verse 29. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. Notice, they didn't have to do these certain things, but they did it. It wasn't mandatory, but they did it voluntarily. Why? Because their heart, their heart wanted to know God. And so their heart made them willing. I am willing, Lord, to do whatever you want me to do. Go wherever you want me to go. Say what you want me to say. Live the way you want me to live. Act the way you want me to live. I am willing to give you my whole heart Is an act of worship. Okay, and the last one was a peace offering. Again, a voluntary sacrifice. For what reason? To give thanks to God for his generosity, for his goodness, for his deliverance, uh, for all that he has done for them. These last three are voluntary. They didn't have to do it, but they did it because they wanted to. They wanted to give something to God for all that he had given unto them. All right, now let's look at the next part. Fulfilled in Jesus. And this is where we understand that we could never please God by doing all these things. But someone did for us. Sin offering. Number one. 1 Peter 1. 18. 19. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tra- tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Notice that Jesus was the sin offering. He made him to be sin for us. Oh, thanks be to God, the sin offering was made to God so that you and I can be reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that offering has already been made. He made it for us. We, don't, we couldn't do it. It's impossible even to lay down our lives and have a right relationship with God. Impossible. Second one, the trespass offering. Now in first John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, and then chapter 2. But look at here. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Where does this cleansing come from? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He is our trespass offering. He offered his life for us so that even if we miss the mark, we don't need to be born again again. If we miss the mark, all we need to do is confess our sin. And so he is the one that we turn to because it's his blood that's continuously flowing like a a waterfalls of, of cleansing for every one of us. So that when we miss the mark, praise God, aren't you glad? You've got a way to have your sins forgiven and cleansing to come. And then the third thing, we see that uh, Jesus was also the burnt offering. And the burnt offering was what? You sacrifice your will to do the will of God. Look at John 6, 38, what it says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And if you recall, in the garden, at the rock... When he was challenged sorely not to do the Father's will, he was on his knees in prayer, sweating as if it were blood out of his pores. And what did he say? Father, if it's possible, let this cup be passed from me, but not mine will, but thine be done. So we see here he was and is our burnt offering. He is the one that made the decision, praise God, to take it all upon himself and do the will of God explicitly. To pave the way for us. And so we thank God that he fulfilled the burnt offering. See all those types and shadows back there were fulfilled in Jesus. Then the next one you've got the meal offering. And this one, wow. The meal offering, he willfully laid on his life to be a sweet smelling savor. An aroma to God. The sacrifice of his life being an aroma to God for us. Now I want you to see he is dealing with the throne. He's dealing with the high court of heaven. He's making provision for all that needed to be done for man to be reconciled to God to take place so that we could have this relationship and fellowship with God. But look in the book of Ephesians. At what it says here in chapter 5. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now that's the that's this offering, that's this meal offering. And so once again, we see He fulfilled each and every one of these offerings for us. He didn't have to do it for Himself. He came here to do it for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. And what's all this leading to? A greater Manifestation of the glory of God based on the accomplishments and achievements of Jesus. Look at the peace offering. In the the peace offering, which is once again, thanking God for what he has done. Thanking him for his goodness. Thanking him for his mercy, for his grace, for his deliverance, for his mighty hand. Remember in uh, Psalm, I believe it's 107, where it talks about, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercies endure forever. And it goes on to say that he redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say what? The Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Well, Jesus, look at Ephesians chapter 2. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves to bring us reconciled to God and bring peace between us and the living God. This was a sacrifice that he made, so we should be thankful to him and to the Lord. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. See, he's our peace offering. He, He made peace with the Father for mankind. Reconciling us. Who had made both one, and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity... Even the long commandments contained in the ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man. So making what? Peace. And that ye might be reconciled both unto God in one body by the cross. Having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached what? Peace to you that were afar off and then that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father. So he is... The peace offering. So you see Jesus in every one of these sacrifices... and every one of these offerings... He's fulfilling them all. Why? To reconcile us back to God. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. And he is the head of the body... The church who is the beginning... The firstborn from the dead... That in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father... That in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace... Through the blood of his cross... By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You talk about something to shout about. Something to be thankful for. Because of the sacrifice he made upon Calvary's cross, we have peace with God. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Because of Jesus, the sacrifice, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see Jesus then being offered as the sacrifice to fulfill all the types of so that mankind can be reconciled back to God and have a right relationship with God and live a life on earth in surrender to God and please Him with our lives and our daily walk. Now, you realize we're living in a time when our culture wants to dictate to how we think. Through media, through television, billboards, radio, I mean, all kinds of means and methods, even the newspapers and magazines want to dictate to us what is right and what is wrong. And so it's important that we go to the scriptures and really share with one another, share with our young people, our children, and our children's children, so they can better understand and know exactly what God expects of us. Now, I sat in church for many, many years, as you've heard me say in times past, I never knew you had to be born again. I never knew you could know God intimately and personally and fellowship with Him and walk with Him and experience Him on a day-by-day basis. I had no knowledge of that. I didn't even know that you could know that you're going to make heaven. I thought it was just a guessing game. Am I good enough? Will I make it someday? And it was a fearful thought in my mind when I was young and growing up. I'd go to bed at night and sing, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. Oh, my goodness, Lord, somehow, if you, if you can hear me, I didn't know if He could hear me. But thank God He didn't give up on me and thank God He didn't give up on you thank God, he sent a labor of love knowing that my heart was right. I wanted to know and that person spoke to me. Another came and spoke to me until finally it got through this thick Italian skull and I finally surrendered my heart and my will to know Jesus as my Savior and Lord. All right, Now, all that Jesus did for us and all that we just said and all these five different sacrifices, the types were fulfilled by Jesus. It was all pointing to the fact that the Messiah would come and fulfill every one of those Sac- uh, sacrifices and offerings. Why? To reconcile man back to God. Okay, what's our part to play in it then? What do we do? I'll tell you what, he gave us the easy part, to be honest with you. Alright, number one, sin. Look at Second Corinthians 5.21. For he had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory be to God. What a powerful, powerful verse of scripture. In other words, on that cross, the wrath of God fell upon Jesus. That God legally made him sin on our behalf. So in other words, in the mind of God, in the eyes of God, when he saw Jesus on that cross, he saw you on that cross. He saw me on that cross. So Jesus took our place as our substitute on that cross and God made him to be sin, what Adam did in the beginning for us, so that we could be made righteous. So what's our responsibility when it comes to this? If you want the glory of God in a new birth, all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. All we have to do is say, I'm denying myself, I'm taking up my cross, and I'm following Jesus all the way to the realms of glory. That's where I want to spend my eternity In the realms of glory. And so we experience the what? The glory of the new birth. When we got born again. When we got saved. When we accept the Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. Now that's an easy thing to do. Wouldn't you say? No sacrifice we have to make. Unless you want to just say laying down your life. But really. Do you really have to think about it? Well let's kind of figure it out. Would you rather spend eternity in a lake of fire. Where the worm dies not and the fire is never quenched. Or. And eternal glory. I'm picking the latter. What about you? Eternal glory for me. Who wants to spend an eternity in the lake of fire? I know I don't. So I just made Jesus the Lord of my life. I accept his sacrifice. But it doesn't stop there. You see there were five sacrifices. Five offerings that were offered up. The second one the trespass offering. Because even though I know he saved me by his grace. I know that I'm still going to miss the mark. And he knew I would miss the mark. See, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And he knew that you and I would miss the mark along the way as we begin to grow. First of all, our spirit's born again. Our mind's not renewed. Our flesh wants to do its own thing. And he knew that. We're surrounded by a culture that just tells us that really good is evil and evil is good. Think about that. And we're living in the days that Isaiah prophesied that that would happen the day would come when we, people would say that evil is good and good is evil and woe unto them. We're living in a time where people aren't concerned about human life. People aren't concerned about their morality. They're not concerned about what's right and wrong in God's eyes. They're just concerned about what they feel is right and wrong in their own eyes. So this is the culture that we're living in right now. And think about young people growing up in this culture and how much they need to know the truth. They're living in a in a society right now where They're confused about what's right and what's wrong even when it comes to gender and when it comes to marriage and the list goes on and on, does it not? Sure. Well, look at 1 John 1, 9. God knew that you and I would miss the mark along the way. If we confess our sin, what's my responsibility and duty? Confess my sin. Confess means to identify with it. Not like, now Lord, you know my wife made me do this. That's not confessing my sin. Oh, Lord, you know my husband just got all over me. He made me act the way I am. And if the dog didn't do that, I would have been so upset. We're not getting there yet. Lord, I make no excuse for missing the mark. I did wrong. I realize it. I identify with it. I confess it to you as sin. Aren't you glad you don't have to do what is necessary to get that sin cleansed from your soul? Aren't you glad that Jesus did that for you and did that for me? We can experience the glory of forgiveness in our lives and cleansing by the blood of the Lamb if we just say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I did it, and you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all that is unrighteous. All unrighteousness. Man, what a wonderful thing. And yet, I still hear Christians today, I'm not going to forget. I just can't forgive. You have no idea what they did. Really? It does not matter how severe we think it is that someone did to us. Every single one of us was forgiven a debt we could never, never, never in a million years pay. We could never pay for it. Somebody came and paid our sin debt for us. And since we've been freely forgiven, we are to freely forgive those that wrong us, hurt us, harm us in any way. You say, but you don't understand, I was maybe sexually abused. Let me tell you something right now. The scriptures tell us if you were, they are going to have to deal with God someday. You harm any individual that way? Read in First Timothy, you or First Thessalonians. You are going to have to deal with God someday. And also the person that might have been hurt, you are in the hand of a living God who loves you and cares for you and will heal the broken heart and bind up the wound. God has made provision for whatever it is that we go through in this life, and all He wants us to do is say, you know what? I may not feel like it, but I'm going to choose to obey God and I'm going to forgive from my heart those that have wronged me in any way. Guess what? You opened up the door to the greater glory of God manifesting in your life. I'm telling you, you've opened up the door to God's greater glory in your life. It's going to bring healing into your body, into your soul. Your broken heart will be healed up and also there will be manifestations of His glory that will take you to places, praise God, you've never been before. Okay, thirdly, the burnt offering, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, the burnt offering. And this is an offering where you submit your will to do the will of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You know, while I'm reading this, too, if you could possibly put that in the NIV, I'd appreciate that if you could in a moment. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living what? A living what? You know, think about it. What are we sacrificing for the Lord? my body is to be offered a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service or duty and be not conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect what will of God like Jesus already surrendered his will to do the will of the Father and now he says you need to renew your mind to the word of God and sacrifice something so that you can play out the will of God for your life This is the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Notice the motivation. God's been so merciful to us. And based on that mercy, I'm going to offer my body as a what? Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper what? Worship. See, we worship with songs like we did here this evening, and that's wonderful. And it brings the manifest presence of God among us. But I'm telling you, that's not all the worship that there is. When you and I worship Him by giving our lives, our bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing to God, it is our true and proper worship before God. So don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So in other words, when our body wants to do something that is not right, We're supposed to say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not doing that. Even though culture said it's okay, even though your friends might say it's okay, you can walk down that path, you can do this, you can lie, you can steal, you can cheat, you can commit immorality, you can do whatever you want. Don't let anybody lord it over your life and tell you who you are, what you should do, how you should act, and etc., etc., but no... The scripture says, don't think that way. Renew your mind. Start thinking the way God wants you to think. Because why? Of his mercy, he sacrificed so much for you to have a right relationship with him. All you have to do is make a decision of your will to choose to do the right thing. So we go into the Bible, we go to the Word of God, and we find out what God's Word says about lying, cheating, stealing, gossiping, immorality, adultery, and all those different things that He's already mentioned. And you know what we tell our body? Uh Uh-uh, no way, you will not. No. I am living my life as a sacrifice unto God. I am telling my body, stop it with the tongue speaking gossip about people. Evil speaking, vain speaking, foolish speaking, foolish jesting, which is not convenient. I am sacrificing my tongue. You say, well, how do you do that? It's so hard. This, I've been in this habit or I've been in that habit. I've been doing this and doing that. You know how we do it? The same way Moses did it. Do you remember? Uh, In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says without faith you can't please God. It's impossible. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those that want. Diligently seek him. And then in that faith hall of fame. The faith hall of fame. Hebrews chapter 11. It goes on to say in verse 24. That by faith Moses chose. Listen to those words. By faith Moses chose. We make a decision by faith. By faith. My flesh may not want to do it. My tongue may not want to do it. But I'm telling it to line up with the word of God, put a watch over my lips, the door of my lips, cover my mouth, so that I speak only right things, Lord. I am choosing by faith. Just like Moses chose by faith not to become the son of Pharaoh's daughter, not to take on all that he could have had and experience the pleasures of sin for a season. What did he say? I'm choosing by faith to do the right thing, to make the right choice, to make the right decision. And we need to communicate this even to our young people and let them know today, you can choose by faith. To do the right thing. You can choose by faith to live the way God wants you to live. You can choose to by faith to honor God in your body and in your soul and in your mind. Can you say amen? And what do you do? You give place to the glory of God. Hallelujah. That will help you. That will equip you and enable you and me to get further in God than where we're at right now. To grow and develop. Look at the next one. The meal offering. Hebrews 13, verse 16. This is that free will offering from the heart that you're going over, above, and beyond to do something for the Lord because it's the right thing to do. It's voluntary. See, we voluntarily do this. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. When you and I make a decision... To do things that please God, like what? Be here tonight. You're sacrificing your time to be here with others of like precious faith. You're here to play your musical instrument with the gift that God has given you. Whether it's your gift, your talent, your abilities, your resources, what do you do? You offer them to God. Say, I'm doing this to serve you, Lord. I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna to give to maybe I'm gonna to give to the poor. Maybe I'm gonna reach out to the homeless and provide whatever they need. But I am doing something, whether it's being in church whether it's um, being involved in the community somehow, some way, helping out in some area, you are sacrificing your time, your efforts, your energy, your resources, your abilities, all the giftings that God has placed within you to do what? To advance the kingdom of God upon the earth and also to minister compassionately to people that are in need. For example, we pray t- tonight for those that were shot, the families that lost loved ones in Las Vegas, those that were shot they were in hospitals. We don't have to do that. But you know what? We want to do that. We want to come and not think about ourselves only tonight but think about these people that are hurting that are suffering and believe God for divine intervention. And for those that are are involved in the earthquakes and in the hurricanes and all the devastation that has taken place and how it's difficult for them to live without electricity, without heat, without air conditioning, without running water, without food. Water to drink. But from the heart we truly lift them up before the throne of God and believe for God's divine intervention to take place among them, to be a blessing and help them. You know what what's important to see here about the meal offering, and this is I believe powerful the meal offering, you took the grain, it was grain offering as well, and what they did was they had to grind it, it was ground down crushed you know that Jesus was crushed for us God crushed him with the fullness of his wrath. This is almost incomprehensible. But you know what? If you look at the sac- look at the, what we're talking about, the sacrifice, the fire, and the glory. He was raised up. He sacrificed his life. Did he suffer the fires of, our, of the wrath of God? And then by the glory, he was raised up by the glory of the Father. If you see the pattern there, play out in scripture, you stand speechless and you just think, oh my goodness, he was crushed for me and I can't make this little sacrifice. I know my feel bads has got hurt. You know. So I'm going to give a piece of my unrenewed mind. Yeah, I know. Really. Sometimes just bite the bullet. Just walk in love as he did and sacrifice himself, be a sweet smelling savior, I'm going to take the higher road Lord, I'm going to forgive no matter what, how they wronged me what they've done to me, I'm going to release that and you know what, when I release them I release myself Oftentimes, I'll tell those that have been victimized by people that have done horrendous things to them, horrific things to them, don't give them one more day of your life, don't give them one more day of your life not one more uh-uh. you take it back Every single day from here on out, I am going to celebrate life in Jesus. He heals my broken heart. He binds up my wound. I release them. Let God deal with them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and God will handle it. God will take care of them. And then finally, uh, peace. He's our peace offering. Oh my goodness! Aren't you glad you have peace with God? I remember when I first got saved, I read uh, Billy Graham's book, Peace. I believe it was Peace with God, and all oh, it just brought such comfort. An assurance to my heart. Just to know that I have peace with God. I've been reconciled back to God. And I have peace with Him. Well, what does it mean? Look at Hebrews 13, 15. What does it mean? This peace offering was an offering that they presented. Now remember, they've got to do it a lot different. We do Every one of these offerings, except the grain offering, you have to have an animal sacrifice. Kill the animal. Take its blood. Apply it. You have to eat. Some had to eat it. And so on and so forth. We're not getting into all that. We have a lot easier than that. Okay? We don't have to do that. For them to walk, even walk up and say, I just want to show you, Lord, that I am grateful and thankful to you for all that you've done for me. I'm bringing my sweet little lamb that I love so much, or my turtle dove, or whatever, that I, a calf, or, or a ram, or whatever it is, and I'm bringing it to you to be slain, to show you that I love you. And want, I'm just so thankful to you for your generosity, for your goodness, for deliverance, for whatever you've done for me, for healing me and helping me, I'm bringing it to you. Well, guess what? That's what the peace offering is. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of no animal, no bull, no pigeon, no turtle dove, no goat, but the sacrifice of what? Hallelujah! Praise to God. How often? continually the fruit of our lips doing what? It's a thank offering, isn't it? The praise offering is that, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and wonderful works to the children of men and sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. So you see, when we gather let's not even talk about gathering together. If we rise up in the morning and there is an ugly cloud looming over us, You know what God wants us to do? Not side with the ugliness of the cloud. Or the feelings of oppression. He wants us to rise up and say no matter what it looks like, how it feels. I'm going to offer the sacrifice of praise to the living God. Who gave himself for me, who loved me, who died for me who provided for me all that I ever. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing a song of praise or put on some music of praise. I'm going to bless you until the glory begins to usher in. And then you worship him in spirit and worship him in truth. Before you know it, you're enveloped in the glory of Almighty God. There is the refiner's fire that purges whatever it is that you're going through. Hallelujah and takes you to another degree or a dimension of the glory of Almighty God, that's the place where God can speak to you and say, now curse that thing in, in the name of Jesus, or tell you what to do as far as helping somebody else. See, this dimension of glory that we're talking about is when the cloud actually manifests and comes in and hovers over us and rests upon us. And we get a directive from God. Could be from the word of God. Could be by the spirit of God. Could be a dream. Could be a vision. Could be whatever. Could be an angel visitation. Whatever it might be. But I'll tell you what. When it happens. Praise God. You've got a foundation for faith under you. That will take you to another realm of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Look here. Okay. With the fruit of our lips. Look at Psalm 134. The first three verses. Well there's only three verses. Behold. Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. See, we want the glory. Well, it takes the fruit of our lips, the lifting of our hands. Look at the other uh, psalm. In Psalm 141 and verse 2, let my prayer be set forth as what? Incense before thee as incense before these incense and the lifting of my hands as what the evening sacrifice again i'd rather do that than to carry in a lamb or try to hold a pigeon down or a turtle dove wouldn't you or bring your bull by the horns and say come on fella all we have to do is lift up our hands say hallelujah Glory to God, knowing we are fulfilling the peace offering with God. I'm doing it because I want to. Not because I'm mandated to, but because I want to. I desire to. I want more of you. I want your presence, your power, your glory, your might. I want to experience you beyond where I'm at right now. And I know that's the realm of glory. And so, Father, I'm just going to praise you and thank you with uplifted hands. Praise God. And then Psalm 22 And verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. What does he inhabit? David knew this. He lives in the, think about that, the praises of his people. Sometimes, you know, people say, well, I don't feel like really praising God. He lives in them. We want greater glory. Praise Him from the heart until you begin to sense the divine presence of God begin to manifest and then worship Him. Worship Him as He deserves to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Oh, let the glory just flood your soul. That fire that might be there, let it burn up any chaff, praise God. That's in your conclusion. Let it burn up the chaff that's there. And then what happens is, What a habitation for God. He might speak to you. And like I said, curse that thing from that person's life. Speak the word over that situation. Hallelujah. But in manifestation in a church service like this here, do you know what can happen? There can be such a cloud of glory that would appear and manifest among us or rest upon us. You wouldn't have to say a thing. Suddenly people would be delivered, set free and healed everywhere. Why? Because of the cloud of his glory manifesting here among us so we can step into that and experience just a tremendous outpouring you know what we're living in the last days these are the last of the last days and i guarantee you the glory is getting brighter and brighter more and more into the perfect day the light of god's glory and i tell you what whosoever will let him come i don't know about you but i want to step into it don't you i want the latter days to be greater than the former days don't you hi pastor bill here i want to thank you for joining us today